0: Our show will always be ad-free and is totally supporter-driven. We use that money to pay our bills, buy research materials that make this show possible, and support charities like the Kurdish Red Crescent, the Flint Water Fund, and the Halo Trust. Consider joining the Legion of the Old Crow today, and now back to the show.
1: The public's trust in government remains historically low, with fewer than 3 in 10 Americans saying they trust their elected officials. So why have Americans lost faith in the U.S. government? The answer is simple when you consider the fact that both parties have consistently failed to follow through on their promise to blow up Mount Rushmore. The erosion of public trust in government goes back almost 90 years ever since Franklin Roosevelt made detonating Mount Rushmore the center of his 1932 campaign. The test of our progress is whether we reduce Mount
2: Rushmore once and for all to a pile of rubble and debris.
1: Roosevelt was the first in a lengthy succession of presidents who failed to deliver on plans to obliterate the monument, no matter how many tons of dynamite or thermonuclear weapons they promised to devote to the project. Americans' trust in government did briefly spike in the 60s, reaching an all-time high of 77% in 1964. That's when Lyndon B. Johnson sent in the National Guard to drill holes into Mount Rushmore's base so it would be easier to line with TNT. But once Republicans and Congress blocked funding for drilling to continue, all that was left were giant crevices in the bottom of Mount Rushmore for vermin and squatters to nest in. Not even Barack Obama, who wrote a wave of public support to the White House after promising to wipe the sculpture off the face of the earth via a drone strike on his first day in office, could follow up on his promise to the American people. Time and time again, polls show the longer Mount Rushmore stays intact, the more the public's trust in government corrodes. Perhaps the final nail in the coffin came when leaked emails during the 2016 presidential race showed Hillary Clinton's true feelings on the memorial. And I quote, We're never going to blow the damn thing up. But the message from the American people is clear. Blow the
0: damn thing up! I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, go. Now? Go.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Lions
3: Led by Donkeys podcast. My name is Rich, and with me today is my co-host, Joseph Kasabian.
0: The guy from every other episode of the show! Uh, it only took a hundred and I believe eleven episodes for someone other than me to do the intro. I'm Joe, with me today is Rich.
3: I hope that I did it justice.
0: It, you can't do it any worse than I do it. <laughs> Uh, Because even though I've been doing this show for over two years now and over 100 episodes, I still sound like I have stage fright on a weekly
2: basis.
0: (laughs) Um, So, Rich, uh, also, um, before we get started, I feel like we should point out that people in the neighborhood of our studio are setting off fireworks. And when this comes out, it will be uh, post-July 4th. uh, But... Right now,
3: it's very, very pre July 4th.
0: We are recording this the Monday before, and they have been setting them off since Saturday. So
3: it's it's literally like five days until July (laughs) 4th. Actually, six days until July 4th. Settle the fuck down, everybody.
0: Um, So, like, we might be attacked by some very terrified dogs in the middle of the show. That's fine. Uh, it's, It's all right. So, Rich, maybe you've noticed in the news but we have been experiencing what historians have called the cool zone.
3: Wait, wait, wait. What, what's been happening lately? I, uh, I don't know anything.
0: Uh, so.
3: Has there been stuff going on?
0: Uh, I mean, hiccups, speed bumps, maybe.
3: Some speed bumps. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. But,
0: you know, hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of people across the world have taken to the street, enraged by generational racial inequality institutional racism <sighs>
3: institutional it's, race that's not a thing
0: uh, we're too white to
3: say that <laughs> uh, uh, shit. And, and actually
0: we are just the uh, right amount of white to say that with a straight face yeah of a white person from texas and a white person from michigan uh, and, you know, and state sanctioned violence against our black communities in the guise of the criminal justice system Now, uh, obviously, we've made our opinions on these protests abundantly clear. Nick and I have helped in our own community. We've donated literally thousands of dollars to bail funds across the country. And we stand with our comrades in the street, direct action or otherwise. Uh, And if you are listening to this show and you don't, you can fuck right off. I I need to make that abundantly clear. Uh, We don't like you and you can fuck off into the sea.
3: I really can't imagine that you still have fans that that it, don't at least lean in that direction. It happens. <laughs> like, there's no fucking way there's some conservative fucking Trumper asshole out there that's still listening to this show. Ah,
0: but you should be worried about our white liberal friends as well. Uh, you know, as, as Dr. King himself said, uh, it's it's quite astounding every once in a while, every, like, 20 episodes or so, Someone who has been commenting on like Twitter page or the SoundCloud or the, even the Patreon sometimes is like, I can't believe you'd say that. Like, you must be fucking new here. <laughs> uh, but Welcome. My
3: name is Joe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: but, you know, Black Lives Matter and go fuck yourself. Uh, but, you know, branching off. From that has been people around the world banding together in solidarity to tear down statues or otherwise vandalized memorials that depict slave owners, colonizers, racists, and horrible violent monsters that dot most western cities uh, i'm going to go on I'm, I'm going to go on a limb here rich you ready there's a ninety nine percent chance that if there is a, a statue of a white European man in your city. He's a bastard, <laughs> and it should just be taken down. I 99%. There's that, like, fucking 0.1% out there that's like, actually, we have a statue of John Brown. Like, <laughs> okay, all right, all right, go ahead, go ahead. I would
3: not be the least bit surprised if that's absolutely true.
0: Because, I mean, like, especially, like, even as fucking close to, like, the 1950s, if you were a guy that did something that was big enough to get a statue built out of you, it's probably bad. It probably had a whole lot to do with conquering something. And forcing some native person off their land, or in most cases, enslaving them. Um, Now, this led to a lot of reactionary people, mostly but not all conservatives, who started talking about how people have gone too far. What's next? We're going to tear down the Washington Monument? First of all, that would require a lot of rope and second of all i don't know i don't know if
3: rope would do the fucking trick i think you might need dynamite ah
0: and that's where we might accidentally have to bleep that out for terrorism
3: Uh, dynamite's not a terrorist thing that would be like fucking
0: i mean i'm not saying strap the dynamite to yourself ied's (laughs) i mean if you pack enough Uh, uh, Nate, go ahead and bleep me out. (laughs) If you pack enough dynamite into a shaped container, you got an IED.
3: Fuck, we're definitely getting (laughs) investigated
0: (laughs) now. (laughs) Welcome to the Department of Homeland Security's podcast, where we're all in prison. Uh, You know, what else? These Antifa monsters are going to blow up Mount Rushmore? Not
3: Antifa. Uh,
0: They're everywhere. (laughs) Schrodinger's Antifa. I,
3: I actually believe that it's pronounced... Antifa.
0: Uh, thank you very much, Andy No, uh, Now, this, this is where a lot of people have personally pissed me off as a broke-ass historian that hosts this show, is that Americans, and let's not ignore our friends over the Atlantic Ocean in the UK, have a fundamental misunderstanding of what qualifies as historical.
3: This has been... The most frustrating, and I know before I feigned that I didn't know what was going on. That was a lie, guys. Just, <laughs> just so you know, I'm aware. The
0: big Texas <laughs> energy.
3: Um, no, but... Anyway,
0: um, welcome to the Greg Abbott podcast.
3: <laughs> I, like, literally have been avoiding my Facebook feed because of all of the fucking posts that are, like, they're destroying symbols of our history and our pride and what the fuck ever they think that is being destroyed right now. Right. And shouldn't we... This is all
0: done by outsiders. Yeah, shouldn't
3: we leave this because of history? Like, no, motherfuckers. We should not leave fucking symbols and monuments of racist fucks up for everybody to fucking, like, enjoy. That's not something that should happen. And
0: somebody's enjoying them. You know, and, like, (laughs) I I really fucking hate... And, you know, the, the thing that, like, really... You know what really grinds my gears, Rich, is like the people like, you know what? I agree with the message, but they're doing it all wrong. Now, I hate to be another white man that's waxing poetic about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, but during the civil rights marches, he was arrested in Birmingham, thrown in the Birmingham City Jail. From the Birmingham City Jail, he wrote what is now known as letters from the Birmingham City Jail. Shocker. Uh, Where he responded to a group of uh, white ministers who said they disagreed with his methods. Now, it should be noted that these same people, if you took them in a time machine and yeeted them in the year 2020, they would be fucking lionizing Dr. Martin Luther King for being a paragon of peaceful protesters.
3: No, because even when they peacefully protest, they find a way to fucking fuck, like...
0: Well, to also quote to him again, that. riots are the fucking language of the unheard. What are you not hearing? What did you... ex? People tried to fucking kneel for the anthem and you said it wasn't the right time. People tried to march peacefully in the streets and you said it wasn't enough time. What the fuck do you think comes next? Please let me know.
3: The the video that I love the most and like literally almost brought me to tears was a black woman um screaming that pretty much. Like, we tried to do this the peaceful way, we tried to do this the right way, and nobody listened and nobody you know, said anything. And right. and you say that we're destroying our own our own property, our own businesses, but nothing belongs to us. So
0: this isn't their fuck, history. Yeah.
3: Fuck your target. Fuck your fucking corporations. Fuck your businesses. It doesn't fucking matter. We're angry. We're mad and and rightfully so.
0: To quote a man who will not be named uh on this podcast uh for we'll probably lose a whole bunch of donations. When it's our turn for the tear, we will not apologize. Uh, but you know, a lot of this, the the main the main point that I was trying to get at is that there's a very big difference between a historical site and a monument. Now, Rich, you're from San Antonio, Texas. I am. So you grew up. I don't know how many hundreds of times did you go by the Alamo?
3: Oh, uh, I mean, that was like every school field trip. Yeah. The Alamo and the IMAX because the IMAX showed the video of the Alamo, which guys <laughs>
0: that must be the most Texas thing ever. <laughs> Well, we already I, went to the Alamo <laughs> once you're sure to go watch a movie on the Alamo.
3: I have to tell you, um, my experience of watching the uh video of the Alamo is a lot like my experience of watching, and I'm I'm gonna lose a lot of fans. Not that I have fans, but oh, I'm, you gonna, lo-
0: fans. I'm gonna You have fans. If you if you Google lot. this podcast, your name is the first one that comes up. And uh, also followed by, is hot?
3: You'll never know. Um, and Wait also to, probably not.
0: Way to be creepy, guys.
3: Um, no, my experience watching the movie of the Alamo, which I've probably seen three or four times. Wait, is
0: that the one that was made by, uh, oh, I can't, God, his name is escaping me, but he was on Happy Days.
3: Uh, Ron Howard? Yes. I don't know. It was directed by Ron
0: Howard, yeah. I don't yeah. know.
3: Um, because it is the same as my experience of watching Lord of the Rings, which I do not remember a single moment of. I've okay. seen every I'm single one of those movies. I'm only because you
0: compared those two. <laughs> I'm
3: sorry. I just, they, they literally went into my eye holes and out of my ears or whatever they do, and I don't have any recollection of ever seeing So them.
0: you're saying is Texas gained independence because they destroyed the one ring? <laughs>
3: Yes. <laughs> that is exactly what
2: I'm saying.
0: <laughs> now, the reason why I bring up the Alamo is because very recently, uh Governor Greg Abbott uh of Texas cited intelligence sources. Okay, I'm I'm there was no intelligence sources. It was shit posters <laughs> on Twitter that said that Antifa was going to convoy to the Alamo and burn it down. One that'd be incredibly hard. It's brick.
3: Yeah, I was say, can you burn down stone?
0: <laughs> Two, the, the, we only know this because um, a journalist uh, asked the uh, the DPS or the Department of Public Safety in Texas, which is pretty much the state police of, of Texas, uh, for their sources, and they were like Twitter uh, posts from like people with like twenty followers with like no like Jim Bob six five six five six five because they've been fucking banned so many times. They're shit posting trolls. <laughs> And so they, like, they deployed literally hundreds of police to protect the Alamo.
3: Good use of our resources, Of guys. course, racking
0: up millions of dollars in overtime yeah. Um defund the police. But anyway, like, so what I mean is nobody wants to burn down the Alamo. And you know what? If you do, and, and it, you know what? Actually, I'll rephrase that. If you're a Mexican person who wants to burn down the Alamo, full right. I, I'm on your side. <laughs> they stole your country. Uh, you're, they're still a part of your country. Second off, I disagree. Uh, now, I'm a white guy from the north. I'm not going to tell any people of Mexican descent that they're not in the right to want to destroy the Alamo or any other part of Texan history. I'm saying I don't want to do it simply because it is a historical site. It, it, it's a it's a site of historical significance. It's like saying you want to bulldoze Getty, Gettysburg because Confederates fought there. It's an actual historical site. What is not a historical... Like, going back to the Bamiyan Buddhists, they've been there for literally hundreds of years, carved by hand into a mountainside. And, you know, I got to see, like, the holes in the mountains where the Taliban blew them up. And it sucks. uh, Because they blew them up because they're fucking religious fascists. Um, But memorials are not historical things. Most Confederate memorials were made after the 1900s. For the sole fact... Of being racist tools of oppression. Anybody who argues other other than that can go fuck themselves. I'm not in the business of debating them.
3: But my symbols and pride and history—throw
0: it all in the sea. Yeah, I don't care. Let's do this shit. <laughs> I don't care. You know, I, I like it, at this point, it's like it, me as an Armenian person debating Turks about the Armenian genocide. I don't fuck. I, I'm not going to do it. What's the fucking point? It, it's pointless. Uh, it, it, if you are still with. We we talked about this in a Robert E. Lee episode. Nothing we do here is super secret and involves some like fucking archives from some nearby university. Every bit of research we do is available on the free internet, subscription free. I don't pay for anything. At most, I pirate it. Like you can find this. I'm not in the business of debating people because debate is pointless. You go on a debate stage, you both have ideas. I'm not going to fucking listen to you. You're not going to fucking listen to me. So why, do, why bother? I'm not here to debate those people. But I do have to tell you that this episode is tentatively titled, Mount Rushmore is racist as hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so you might be wondering, how the hell did we get to this point in history, in American history? We're blowing the faces of important dead white guys from our Manifest Destiny history. Into the sides of mountains to immortalize them for all time.
3: Are we wondering, though? We've completely whitewashed our history to where most white people think that none of this ugly shit ever happened. Like, obviously, everybody knows about slavery, but literally.
0: Ah, but if you go by Texas history books, they're migrant workers.
3: I, uh, okay, I don't know about all that. I, I do know that I grew up learning that slavery existed and then ended and then everything after that was rosy and okay. And obviously that's not the case. But Clearly, yeah. But that's what, I, like, I feel like that's what a lot of people learned and think. And, and that's what needs to change.
0: I'm not putting you on blast here as much as I am the state of Texas. Right. And that, you know, only a few weeks ago we celebrated Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. We celebrated by you know going and drinking and talking about Juneteenth, but you growing up in Texas had no idea that Juneteenth had its roots in Texas.
3: No, I didn't. I knew that I knew that Juneteenth was a thing, and I knew that you know why people celebrated it, but I had no idea that the whole per- the reason was because Texas refused to fucking give up slaves for. Right you know, way after slavery was abolished. I did not know that.
0: It's unfortunate that you are mandated to take a Texas history class, but they skirted over that point.
3: They skirted over a lot of shit. <laughs> we, our, that's that's my point. Our history is so fucking whitewashed and tries to make everything so pretty and rosy, and America is the greatest, and America, you know, fucking... Just, just wins every time, and they, they, they do everything so valiantly. (laughs) We're the, we're the victors and the heroes, and it's just not the case. And, and we really need to start teaching history the way that it was actually fucking lived.
0: That would require a lot of critical thinking and, what I'll call, evaluating historical sources uh, and people who are involved in them. Like, for instance, if we don't have any memorials that I've ever seen in this town, but say we did. Say it was a memorial of someone incredible, uh, Lewis and Clark. Say it was a because the the, Lewis and Clark is incredibly important to the uh, the history of Washington State. Yeah, Uh, we have a whole county named after Lewis.
2: Well,
3: and the whole base is Fort Lewis, and there's the Lewis and Clark Memorial Bridge. And
0: now, if Lewis and Clark say owned like a lot of slaves, and that statue happened to be built by a member of the KKK, probably wouldn't want that statue around, right? No. So let's talk about Mount Rushmore. (laughs) So to get to that point, the 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 Mount Rush the four heads on the side of a mountain in, in the Dakotas. The four heads. <laughs> um, we have to talk to a guy who would end up. We have to talk about a guy who would end up designing Mount Rushmore, and that would be a really weird kid born to Mormon polygamous Danish immigrant parents, Gutsit Borglum. Mormon. Yep. Mormon polygamous. Mormon. Yeah, two moms.
3: Mormons haven't been around that long.
0: Uh oh yes they have.
3: I mean like since he was like, born in
0: eight I mean he was born eighteen sixty seven. So
3: been around since the eighteen hundreds?
0: <laughs> yes they have. Oh, let me tell you about this little place called the Utah Territory.
3: <laughs> oh, I thought it was like the early nineteen hundreds. No, I didn't realize no, no, it no. Was that long.
0: No, they they literally fought a war against the federal government in the eighteen hundreds and slaughtered innocent people. Uh but that's that's a different story for a different episode. I guess I
3: should have listened to that podcast more closely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, now, Borglum was born into, now his his name was actually John Goodsum Borglum, and he dropped the John and went with Goodsum Borglum. Uh, good, Cool. Call. I mean, I guess it works if you're going to be pretentious artist. Well, I mean, nobody <laughs> nobody
3: wants to be like the same name as four other kids in your classroom in elementary school, you know, call out John in roll call and five other kids raise their hands. So go with Goodsum. <laughs>
0: I don't know. If, if I was to pick a name to blend in and have an easy time in America, I wouldn't go with a weird name. And I say that as someone whose last name has, is Kasabian. It's because everybody's like, so where are you from? Like, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he was born in the, what, is, uh, what was then known as the Idaho Territory in 1867. His dad had two wives. And soon after his birth, uh, his dad left Mormonism, kept the wives though, and, uh, and he was chased out of Idaho because of his practices to Nebraska, where pretty much everybody hated him on the count of the whole bigamy thing. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, bigamy, not super popular. And also there was like most Americans hated Mormons at the time. Like you fell the two camps, you either were a Mormon or you hated Mormons. So they got chased from place to place. But small side note here, those two wives were sisters. <laughs>
3: Like legit sisters or uh, like
0: sister wives? They, they, they were legit sister wives. <laughs> that's yeah. not cool. No, that's gross. That's real gross.
3: Yeah, I don't like that.
0: Nope. So his dad became a doctor, a hilarious thing to do back then. Uh, like, like it, it was like...
3: <laughs> the kids are legitimate like brother cousins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: now, like becoming a doctor back then was very very fucking easy, and pretty much all re- all it required was some money and on the job training. Now, I point that out because the Borglum family points out, like, we came from artists and doctors. Like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's like being a fucking chiropractor today. So using his new money, because you know, his dad opened a practice and did make a fair amount of money. He was, Every source pointed out he was a county doctor as like, he wouldn't be good enough for the big city. <laughs> uh, So, I mean, and this is fucking Nebraska. So like. The big city of like Lincoln at the time or whatever of like four houses smushed together at one street like, no, nah, you're not good enough here. You got to go down the road to, I don't know, Corn City and they need a doctor. And All right, I'll go down to Corn City. Uh, but his his dad got enough money to eventually send a uh, Gutsum Borglen to um, St. Mary's College in Kansas, which was a pretty good uh, and well-known uh, school for artists. Fortunately, he failed out. <laughs> 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 now, I There's do need to point guy. out that Borglum is a good artist. He just seemed to be not when those good, pe- not when those people that just flourished in school.
3: That happens
0: because, as big of a piece of shit he is, he did make some good art. Uh, but he went back home and became a, a machine shop apprentice. Uh, though he failed in school, Borglum wanted to be an artist and was very good at sculpting. I I need to point out that even though I really don't like this guy. His sculptures are on point. Like he, he did a really good realist job. I think they call it tonalist art at the time. I didn't study art history, but yeah. He he made it his, his kind of his own version of, of tonalism, which I guess props to that if you're an art and history nerd. I don't
3: know
0: what tonalism is, but sure. Uh yeah. We're not an art history podcast. Um <laughs> No, I'm willing to bet a lot of what motivated him was not to work in a machine shop because this is the 1800s. So like an 1800s machine shop sounds like a nightmare driven by like the a giant mauling steam engine powered threshing machine that is fueled by the blood of child sweatshop workers. Like it's not a great place to work. <laughs> so he eventually dropped out uh, and like a lot of wannabe artists, he ran west to San Francisco and then LA, but California in general.
3: I feel like that's a song.
0: Probably. I mean in a long enough timeline. I mean it's probably a red hot chili pepper song because all of their songs just about how cool California is. <laughs> Which, you know, we've we've been to California. I wouldn't write a song about it. Uh, I mean Nick's I, from LA. He doesn't he doesn't say it's great.
3: Nick Nick reps LA every once in a while. I'd like to go to LA. I've only been to like Monterey and like Northern California. I haven't really actually to California
0: well I don't know I rep Detroit and I think a lot of that is because so many people talk shit about my city I'm like hey nobody talks shit about my city except me <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with mixed love for LA mm. when 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 you go it's like people from Chicago everywhere you go people are talking shit about your city so you just kind of like internalize it oh, uh,
3: people love Chicago I, I would say like New Jersey like nobody yeah. fucking outside of New Jersey likes New Jersey
0: yeah, there's a reason for that <laughs> This is a strict anti-New Jersey podcast. <laughs> uh, no, like, he was good at sculpting. I- I've pointed it out before. But he drew the attention of famed American artist William Keith, who took him in under his wing as a student. Uh, after a few years, he ended up marrying one of his instructors, Elizabeth Jane Putnam, who was 19 years older than him. So, like, shout out to uh, old Liz there for robbing the cradle.
3: Isn't that like a... Fuck, what is the scarlet oh the scarlet letter?
0: <laughs> I'm unsure of how that connects.
3: <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a Putnam in there?
0: Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I I just wish that you uh you wouldn't shame old Liz here for fucking someone 19 years younger than Oh her. no,
3: do you, boo-boo. <laughs> I'm just saying
0: <laughs> you're canceled, Rich.
3: You don't have to, you don't have to wear the scarlet letter. <laughs> I was just saying I think there's a Putnam in that book.
0: Uh, all Putnams are bastards <laughs> uh now, like once they got together, uh Eliz had more money than he did because you know he was she was she was teaching and had sold quite uh, quite a few pieces, leveraging that money, they hit the road and began to travel the world. It wasn't really until uh Borglum got to Europe that he really hit his stride, and he's began sculpting he also went to school uh at uh, a French military or a French art academy. And uh he did really well. Like he won acclaim. He got into uh aristocratic circles, he got commissions for like the royal family of the UK. Uh he, like his scol- his sculptures were even accepted into the Paris Salon, which is like an art show, but like one that he was like one of the first Americans to ever pull that off. And like you know how insufferable Parisians are. So like that's <laughs> impressive. Though their marriage would not last as they ran into a, uh, a an unfortunate roadblock known as they both liked fucking people other than their spouses <laughs>
3: <laughs> that could be like today that would be acceptable
0: i mean that was acceptable back then as well depending on your circle <laughs> uh but apparently they were not quite that artistic <laughs> uh but they remained friends they just decided to like break the the, the binds of, of law and he remarried no, oh, it was someone that he never really spoke about because what se- really seemed like the problem for him was she was a better artist than him. So he mar- Oh,
3: that his first Elizabeth Putnam yeah. was a better artist. Yeah. Guys don't like it when their wives are better at things than them.
0: Though he did end up having a much more well known career, obviously, because he's a man and it's the early 1900s. Yeah. Uh, but also because of the projects we're about to talk about. He he eventually moved back to the U.S., settling in Connecticut, and this is where shit starts to get real weird about old Borglum.
3: Connecticut,
0: I don't like it.
3: <laughs> That's how it's spelled. I'm just saying.
0: So he uh, ended up getting into like various art shows in like New York City, uh, and he flew into rages uh, not because people didn't like his art; people loved his art, but the the fact was it was being shown alongside like artistic avant garde art. Which he thought was degenerate and un American. I believe the word he uses degenerate trash.
3: I would love to like I would love to know who gets picked to decide like what is American and what is un American. Like, well, how you, do you get that status? If
0: you were to ask Borglum, he would definitely say him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> because he also, of what?
0: Well, the real reason is because he thought this avant-garde art was made by Jews, and he-
3: Oh, Lord.
0: He uh, got some Borglin could not be shown alongside the Jewry. By
3: Jews? <sighs>
0: I really wish this is the last time he talked about Jews during his life. Uh, we'll touch back on that a little bit later. <laughs> uh, and during this time when he was accumulating a little bit of wealth, he also wrote uh, letters to his friends and family. Um, that were warning of, quote, mongrel hordes overrunning Western civilization. And he worried about his, quote, Nordic purity. Nazi shit.
3: Uh, That's Nazi shit. It's not good.
0: Uh, Now, the mongrel hordes uh, that he was talking about is mostly Jewish people. But he also uh, didn't think highly of the Italians either, because this is far enough back in time where Italians weren't considered white.
3: Yeah, like <laughs> Jews, Italians, Irish.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Not all white, but not white.
0: Right. Right. Uh, it it was back in the day when uh you know black people were far enough below him on the totem pole that he only hated other white people. But he also made time to hate black people and and natives as well. Borglum hated everybody who wasn't Borglum.
3: Well, that's nice that he made that time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He made time out of his day to diversify his hate. Awesome. It's It's like Wu-Tang Clan said, you got to diversify your bonds, but in hate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, eventually Borglum uh, got high enough on the food chain of the local art scene where he was commissioned to uh, create a giant marble head of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, it was eventually purchased by the government and placed in the Capitol Rotunda in the middle of Washington D.C. by none other than President Teddy Roosevelt. That part will become important later.
3: Hey, that's the high school I went to.
0: I have some bad news for you.
3: Speak softly and carry a big stick. I was, well, I, was, I, was I was, I was that mascot.
0: Also, be kind of racist. I
3: was, I was a, I had wore a giant Teddy Roosevelt head with a little. Monocle?
0: Yeah, he wore monocle. Yeah, and everything. Well I guess there's there could be worse things you could be dressed up as. At least in the South you weren't like dressed up as a giant Robert E. Lee. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there uh that was one of the schools that we uh of like, course played it was. We high school.
0: It's weird that they have a school name after a war criminal and a monster. But yeah, you know, <laughs> whatever. You do you. I mean don't do you if that's your thing, you can go fuck yourself. But like also defund Texas. Um <laughs> So by all accounts, everybody loved his giant Abraham Lincoln head, which sounds like, I don't know, some kind of like end boss in a video game. You used to be chased by a giant Abraham Lincoln head like in Pac-Man.
2: Or a
3: sex act. Giant Abraham Lincoln head. And then I
0: hit her with the giant Abraham Lincoln head. Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Emancipated these nuts.
3: (laughs) Fuck yeah, you did.
0: I I don't like that at all. I hate myself for saying that. Uh, but everybody thought this is like a magnificent piece of art. Even Robert Lincoln said, "Quote: I never expected to see father again," <laughs> which is one creepy, but also two photographs existed. Mostly creepy. <laughs> like imagine looking at like a room-sized giant marble head of your dad and be like, "Papa!" Like Ew. no, this is a golem. Like, <laughs> like you need to, to get me, rid- that
3: just speaks daddy issues.
0: <laughs> like. I'm sure he meant it as praise because, like, pictures of Abraham Lincoln exist.
3: Yeah, just daddy issues is is all I hear.
0: I mean, if you're you're Robert Lincoln, it must be really hard to exist in a realm where, like, everybody worshipped your father. Because, like, you know, like, everybody will never think anything I do is worth this shit. So, every like, my entire identity exists around Abe. 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 Old Abe. Old honest Abe, except that part about the habeas corpus. Anyway... Now, the giant marble head was the talk of the town, and it led to a particular group to reach out to Borglum to make another sculpture. That was the United Daughters of the Confederate Veterans. Oh, no. Now, if if the gears are turning in the back of your head, you might remember that that is the same group of people that eventually commissioned a monument to the only person to be hung for war crimes during the U.S. Civil War, the commandant of the Confederate death camp at Andersonville, Henry Wirz. Yeah, they paid for that. Now, uh, you might be wondering what exactly their point was uh, when it came to contacting Borglum. Uh, I get some bad news. The daughters, led by a woman named Helen Payne, their lifetime leader approached him with the idea of creating a 70-foot-tall boss relief of Robert E. Lee blown into the side of Stone Mountain outside of Decatur, Georgia.
3: 70 foot?
0: Got some bad news. Borglum said, 70 foot? That's like putting a postage stamp on the side of a barn. And he made it two times as big. Oh,
3: good. 140 feet.
0: <laughs> it ended up being a little bit smaller than that because we'll we'll get to that.
3: I know math, guys.
0: In 1915, Plain wrote a letter outlining her idea for the monument, but her goal was not to just have Robert E. Lee's face blown into the side of a mountain, which would be bad enough, but it gets worse. Plain wrote that she wanted Lee to be flanked by white-hooded, mounted members of the KKK because, okay, I need to point out, this is a direct quote. I feel disgusting just saying this. Oh, God. Quote, I feel like it's due that the KKK saved us from Negro domination and carpetbagger rule oh, that it, and it should be immortalized in Stone Mountain.
1: I don't like that.
0: She did not say Negro. Ooh.
1: <laughs> no.
3: Hard,
0: hard N-word, folks. Uh, ne- the, the, the soft Negro is used in uh, modern day transcriptions of the letter because the original letter is owned by the United Daughters of the Confederacy. Stone Mountain's history with the KKK did not start with the dreams of some idiot racist daughter who was also racist as hell. Stone Mountain had been used as something of the KKK holy site ever since it had been reformed. And in fact, the reformed like i think they call it, like the second iteration of the kkk and then the third iteration of the kkk i don't even know how many iterations right now but they formed they reformed on the top of stone mount in 1915 the same exact year that plain wrote to borglum that same year they burned a giant fucking cross right on top of it a yearly activity that would continue every year on on labor day weekend for 50 years Our parents were alive when this was happening.
3: Yeah, this is not, this is
0: not okay. Now you might be wondering, well, okay, so the KKK is involved. They're involved in a lot in the South. It's not like they own the mountain. So Sam Venables owned the mountain and he was an active KKK member who happened to divert clan funds into paying for Borglum's work. Most of the Daughters and Venables fundraising for the construction of Stone Mountain came right out of KKK's wallet. Though the U.S. Mint eventually helped out with a commemorative coin. Because American historical brain is terminally fucking diseased, everybody likes to forget about this. Though it should not be surprised to anybody that this is approved by President Calvin Coolidge, who is a goddamn racist that he literally saved white people from a flood by diverting the path of water into black parts of town. And then he forced those same black people to pick cotton at gunpoint of the National Guard. What? This is in the 1900s! Yep. He also packed, uh, passed the Immigration Act of 1924, a eugenicist bill that was supported by the Ku Klux Klan, and this led to the Yellow Peril and the, uh, yeah, just not letting Asian people into America for a very, very long time. Now, Borglum was supported to all of this, and he was friends with several KKK members, including DC Stephenson, a Imperial Grand Dragon, yes, they're, ranking system is incredibly fucking stupid it's and nerdy. fucking
3: Dungeons and Dragons.
0: You know what? I didn't want to say that because that is incredibly offensive to people who play Dungeons I'm and Dragons. I'm sorry
3: Dra- if you play Dungeons and Dragons, but the fucking KKK are playing a fucking racist ass long game of Dungeons and Dragons.
0: I've played Dungeons and Dragons when I was younger. I don't remember cosplaying any race wars.
3: I'm just that's I that's their fucking like platform.
0: They also have like a rank called like the Imperial Cyclops too. But anyway, uh, uh, D.C. Stevenson would eventually be thrown in prison for rape and murder of a white woman uh, and pretty much bring down the KKK for that. But some argument exists if Borglum was ever officially inducted into the KKK. But multiple people said that he sat on the Concilium, which is spelled with a K. Get it? Because they're the KKK. They're fucking nerds. I, I get it. But anyway, the concilium. they so fucking nerdy. <laughs> God damn. They're so nerdy. Everything, they spelt like all of their shit. with It's so stupid. Like um, why? Just call it like Billy Bob's Hoedown or something. I don't fucking...
3: Not even that. Like the fucking Grand Wizard. In...
0: Imperial Cyclops. Imperial... Yeah.
3: Like why are you so fucking nerd like did you just not have any fucking friends and that's why you're so fucking hateful well they don't
0: have any friends so they get to blame on the black people <laughs> uh but the the Concilium was the direct uh, was like the direct governing body of the KKK at the time and there's like multiple eyewitnesses that witnessed Borglum sitting on this council and then like Borglum did denounce it much later on but like his friends were like that was just for public consumption mm-hmm. So like, there's a I'm going to say there's a ninety percent i don't I don't know how like how like legitious the his fucking estate is. I'm going to say there's a very likely chance he was in the KKK. I can't say he was in the KKK, but I will say there's a lot of a lot of evidence saying Gustav Borgland was in the KKK
3: we'll say he's a friend of the KKK nah,
0: I don't think that's strong enough <laughs> he certainly had friends that are in the KKK and openly got paid by them for years and years and years. Very well, may I add. Though things were not fun and games with the clan bros of Stone Mountain. Fundraising and work was incredibly slow. Because just as work began, the U.S. found itself in the middle of World War One. Uh That's going to be a drain on resources. Sorry.
3: Wars cost money?
0: Uh, yeah. And back when we fought wars that were worth a the shit, they did cost a lot. Well, fuck. Yep. Though Borglum had started his plan of jackhammers and chisels, he met someone eventually uh, who taught him how to use explosives to go faster. So, like, which, despite Borglum being a horrible, racist, probable KKK member and blowing and carving a giant racist monument to a mountain, making art by blowing stuff up is pretty fucking cool. Like, I think we can, yeah, I mean, that, we can all accept that's fine. I
3: just don't know how, like, sorry to sound like, impressed but i'm impressed how do you fucking control that to make it into actual like shapes that you want it to be in that's that's really
0: so he perfected his work with mount rushmore but what he would do would would be like bore giant holes i mean deep holes in very strategic spots she said nice Uh, (laughs) and, and like strategic spots using like the measurements and math and shit uh that he would detonate it, and then it would blow a giant chunk off, which allowed it to be carved out a little bit easier. He was much better at Stone Mountain, which I hate to say, uh, than Mount Rushmore, because he did it himself at Stone Mountain. Um, so, but we'll, we'll get to why it didn't work out so great at Mount Rushmore, which is why if you pull up a picture of Stone Mountain, it sucks, and it should be ethered into the sun, but it does look much better than Mount Rushmore. It's because Borglum <laughs> did it himself. And Borglum is a good fucking artist, even if he's a giant pile of human garbage. Uh, But finally, by 1924, Borglum had finished the head of Robert E. Lee. Yay. Yay. And it brought the gathered horde of racists uh, and KKK members and their shitty southern bros to tears when they saw it. So, like, cool, I guess. And there's, like, they said there's, like, actual Civil War veterans that were there when it was on... I don't believe that they'd be old as hell by then but whatever
3: like the confederate ones yeah yeah so like the fucking traitorous ones
0: yeah the ones that are not american veterans no matter how many times people share that meme saying that the that the department of veterans affairs recognize them as veterans they did not
3: uh yeah they fucking they were traitors they were traitors guys they They, were traitors they literally
0: killed more americans than al-qaeda ever wish they could (laughs) But, you know, we should probably fly the flag in, in, in history.
3: And against America.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that little uh, hang-up. Now, I, you, I don't want to ha- hand it to the racist sculpture guy, but Borglum was a very good artist, and the head of Robert E. Lee does look very lifelike. Now, this would be the peak of Borglum's stone mountain activity. One of the problems with getting involved the KKK, which also happens to be paying you, uh, besides everything I just said in that sentence, because all that's bad, is that you rise and fall with KKK politics. Borglum got caught up in the middle of clan infighting and got fired. Now, some of that had to do with the fact that the guy who wanted the Mount Rushmore sculpture from the North, mind you, contacted him during that time. And Borglum, who wanted money and jobs, was talking to him. So that like offended him. But also, I think a lot of it was his friendship with DC Stevenson, but I digress. He was fired. On his way out, Helen Payne, uh, Payne, the woman who originally hired him, wouldn't even shake his hand because <laughs> she considered him a Yankee. <laughs> I mean, <What? laughs> at least she's consistent for being a giant piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, Borglum flew into a rage at being fired and destroyed all of his models so they couldn't use his work. (laughs) This pissed off the directors of the project so much the state of Georgia put a warrant out for his arrest because we're reaching new levels of racist inception that the KKK is leveraging its power with the state, which is also ran by members of the KKK, to put out warrants for other people in the KKK. What? Yep.
3: (laughs) First of all, Leveraging its power within the state. How the fuck does the KKK have power?
0: I get some bad news for uh, early 1900 southern states. So, or current? Nah, I wouldn't say the KKK has state power in the south now. I'll just say that their spirit lives on. <laughs> now, Stone Mountain directors then hired a guy named Henry Augustus Lukeman to finish the job, which pissed Borglum off even more because Lukeman was Jewish. Oh no. I don't want to like hand one to the disgusting people, of the state of Georgia at the time, but like I really hope they hired a Jewish person just to spite him. Because <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. Uh, but Borglum fled the state vowing he would get his revenge. Uh, he didn't. I mean, it depends on how you measure revenge, I suppose. Now, so while all of this is going on, like I pointed out, Borglum was contacted by a guy named Doan Robinson. Doan? Doan. Yeah, it's a last name at best. Uh, it, it was the early 1900s. Names were weird. <laughs> people could be named like Gustav Borglin, And people are like, yep, that's, that's fine. Yes. Yeah, he didn't go by that, though. <laughs> if your name is that, I don't hate you unless you're this guy. You're fine. Uh, now, he was the state historian for South Dakota, a job that sounds just incredibly boring. Uh, Robinson, uh, because he was in South Dakota, Looked around, and decided his boring ass state needed a tourist attraction. Like, quite specifically, that was his whole point. And he heard about Borglum's mountain sculpting abilities down in Stone Mountain and wanted him to do something like it in South Dakota. I assume to bring South Dakota's tourist numbers from zero to six, <laughs> seven, maybe.
3: We're so in this in this podcast, we're assuming that the Dakotas actually exist.
0: You know, maybe it. You know. We're just teaching the, uh, the controversy.
3: You're Dakota truthers. I, I don't know if I can be a part of this. Look,
0: I'm just saying that we cannot prove that the Dakotas did not go into the Twin Towers. <laughs> uh, now, Robinson wanted Borglum to car- carve figures of the American West, like Buffalo Bill Cody, Red Cloud, George Armstrong Custer, people like that, in- into a range of mountains known as The Needles which was a sacred site of the Sioux Nation. Unfortunately for Robinson, the needles end up being made of like not the right rock to facilitate blowing people's faces into it. I don't know. I'm assuming it was like not solid, whatever. I don't know. Uh, So construction was moved over to Mount Rushmore. So now let's talk about Mount Rushmore. Okay. At that point, it had only been known by that name for about 40 years. It was a sacred Lakota Sioux uh, site originally known as the Six Grandfathers. So the Black... And it's in the Black Hills region. The Black Hills region was once designated, quote, unfit for civilization by U.S. government authorities and, quote, permanent Indian country. This meant that, uh, that the government deemed it so worthless for, like, materials and resources and things like that. They didn't even want to commit ethnic cleansing in order to steal <laughs> it from the natives. And they, like, literally codified this in the Treaty of Fort Laramie, saying, like, you can have it. There's nothing here we want. All that changed. Oh, nice. When the government found gold in it, which <laughs> is pretty much ye old oil, leading settlers to flood into the land, which was, there was a, a rumor spread that it was uninhabited uh, because white people didn't live on it. Just in case you were wondering how much people valued Native life back then. So settlers flooded the land and forced the natives off of it through force of arms. Now, in case you're wondering, because like there was a part of the Treaty of Fort Laramie which stipulated that the U.S. government would not allow settlers to move into it and would use the U.S. Army to protect natives. So folks, with uh, no pleasantries, I have to admit that once upon a time, I did gush a bit over President Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> Ulysses S. Grant is a bit of a fucking bastard. Ah oh, no. Uh, he ordered the U.S. Army not to protect the Native people from rampaging, violent settlers who ethnically cleanse the Sioux from the area. He ordered them to stand down. So, yikes.
3: Do we have a single president in history that isn't no. a fucking dick bag?
0: Name one. I'll give you a reason.
3: I'm not in the business of naming
0: presidents, y'all. <laughs> Everyone that's been a president since you've been alive, all should be in the fucking Hague. <laughs>
3: since, since I've been alive, I mean that's like three presidents. I'm talking about all of history. Well, you got
0: you got Trump, who's a fascist. You had Obama, who drone strike people until they're afraid of clear skies. You had George W. Bush, who's a war criminal. You had Clinton, who's a fucking pedophile, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get visited by anybody. Uh you have George oh, H. Shit, you're about to be upset. <laughs> you have George HW Bush who's head of the fucking CIA.
3: Whoa, HW <laughs> was the president while I was alive?
0: Uh, when were were born you were born in eighty eight, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And right then, when you were born. And then Reagan. Uh, thought, then Clinton. Thought, Reagan was before HW. I thought
3: Reagan was the president in eighty
2: mm yeah.
0: No, we weren't alive for Reagan. But Reagan was also a giant piece of shit who had dementia. And uh, you know. Is terrible. Before him, I, mean, I could go on and on. They're all bad. Every single one was bad. <laughs> the only good one's William Henry Harrison because he died in 30 fucking days. He died before anything bad happened. <laughs> I mean, he also fought the Mexican-American Award, which means he's a giant piece okay, of shit.
3: <laughs> Reagan, Reagan was the president when we were born, Joe.
0: When, when did he leave office?
2: 89.
0: Okay, so we were one. <laughs> all right, so we were alive just long enough to hate Reagan, that's cool.
3: <laughs> I don't think we were alive that long.
0: I hated him anyway.
3: To be at I, I one, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was all about pooping in diapers, drinking milk, hating Reagan. When <laughs> when Reagan was governor of California, he specifically passed what everybody knows now as like sweeping California gun control laws because the Black Panthers were open carrying weapons.
3: Oh, no. Also, like, all
0: the union busting and fascism and laughing at HIV patients. Yeah, they're all terrible. Yeah. Fuck Reagan.
3: Yeah, f- oh, fuck Reagan. I'm not saying he's great. I'm just saying he was the president when we were born.
0: Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> all of them have been bad. There's not a single good president. Not a single one. Period.
3: And we wonder why this country has gone to complete shit.
0: Because of presidents. i because, because
3: there just hasn't been a fucking good one because they're... Our-
0: Uh. by definition there could be no such thing as a good president because you have to be so insane and so like fucking narcissistic that you think yeah this country of a half a billion people i can lead this shit
3: oh i completely i completely (laughs) agree with that but it also has so much to do with the fucking way that we the way that our democracy is actually instated like the way that we vote and the way that actually works Ah, like
0: but we don't live in a democracy we live in a republic.
3: A republic. Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. I finally got to say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that's just it. Like that's why this country is fucked because our country it like the way that we do anything just doesn't fucking work for anybody except for uh, billionaires.
0: It's it, I mean that's that's that is our history though. I mean, we were a revolution fought by slave owners and plantation owners because they didn't want to fucking pay a tax and we fought a civil war because People didn't want to pay for labor and they want to own people as chattel slaves. And, and then we rolled right into the Gilded Age where people really churned to death in the fucking goddamn industrial revolution of America. We're, we're terrible. We're, we're an awful country built, on a, built within a fucking puddle of blood on stilts so we can just fit more blood underneath of it.
3: But we digress. Let's talk about <laughs> Mount Rushmore.
0: We're terrible. It's all bad. <laughs> anyway. In 1884, a New York lawyer named Charles Rushmore traveled to the Black Hills region to check on some properties. When he saw the six grandfathers, he asked the local government property clerk what the name of that mountain was. That guy's name was Bill Chalice, who just kind of shrugged and said, quote, nobody ever named for it before, but I guess we'll call it Mount Rushmore now. And now it's Mount Rushmore. Cool. Yep. That must be the most fucking white goddamn American thing ever. It was like, hey, that thing that native people have been at fucking hundreds of years. What do you want to call that? Uh, What's your name? Steve? It's Steve now. Put your fucking face on it, Steve.
3: (gasps) Let's just call everything Steve. I hate it. I think it would be cooler. All
0: Steves are bastards.
3: (laughs) I I don't think I've ever met a bad Steve.
0: The only good Steve is Steve Irwin. Martin? No. (gasps) Steve Martin is actually not great. (laughs) Although, the jerk is pretty good. (laughs) I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Anyway, moving on. Obviously, uh, the US government is something of the grand champion of violating uh, treaties with native people. Uh, Like, this this happens all the time. But uh, the screwdrop that they pulled on the Black Hills is kind of legendary. So much so that the US Supreme Court actually agreed. And the government straight up, they agreed that the government straight up stole the land in a court case in 1980 and offered the Lakota Sioux a giant pile of cash, which they refused. Because you stole their fucking land, the money doesn't make up for that.
3: Yeah, some people value more than money. Some people value more than money. There are people in the world that have values that are more than money.
0: Rich, how much money can I give you in order to abandon those values? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to capitalism, baby. Make me an offer now. Anyway, that sucks. We're gonna move back to Borglum. Now, Borglum saw Robinson's plan for the mountain and immediately fucking hated it. Just like, no, this is trash. Not because he had anything against Custer, Lewis, or Clark, or most of those people. But Borglum fucking hated Native Americans. He thought putting them alongside white people was akin to an abomination, and he even wrote about the hatred in a letter saying, quote, and I, I don't like saying this. It's this a quote, guys. I'm sorry. I would not trust an Indian offhand nine times out of ten where I would not trust a white man one time out of 10. He's a racist. Thank you. (laughs)
3: That's how I feel about that. I
0: really don't like saying the word Indian either because it's gross and it's not right. Uh, But yeah, he he was incredibly racist against Native Americans. Shock. He then wrote a letter to the president saying not to worry about this whole building on sacred land thing because he had in fact talked the black bear, the holy man of the area. And cleared it with him. And he said it was all fine. Small problem with that. The real guy's name was not Black Bear. It was Black Elk. And there was absolutely zero witnesses to this whole totally real conversation that super for real happened. <laughs> this shit never happened. <laughs> never fucking happened. Um, one Black Elk would have been incredibly elderly at the time. Uh, if not damn near dead. His, his like exact date of death is not known. There's a good chance he was on death's door. Uh, furthermore... natives then approached Borglum's like yo what the fuck this is our mountain you can't put a goddamn sculpture on it so he's like listen listen I'll put Susan B. Anthony on the back of it and they're like we don't give a fuck about Susan B. Anthony and he's like okay listen okay fine I'll build a whole bunch of natives on a different mountain they're like no and he's like yeah I'm gonna do that anyway he never fucking did it it's all bad guys none of it's good
3: sounds like something that like would placate them
0: yeah like the the Lakota suits like stop blowing holes in our mountain like
3: you're you're against me fucking blowing up your shit okay let me blow up your shit some more what
0: if I blow up your neighbor's shit (laughs) (laughs) this is what's known as America (laughs) you could put Borg limit as a general in Iraq and he'd fit right in (laughs) I see you're unhappy what if I blow up your neighbor's house (laughs) Anyway.
3: Oh, speaking of blowing
0: up. Yeah, they're setting off fireworks outside. Fucking assholes. Anyway, Borglum came up with a new native free plan. There'd be four people that we know for being on Mount Rushmore. Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, and Lincoln. A lot of those are obvious. Washington for being a revolutionary general and our first president. Jefferson for the Louisiana Purchase. Lincoln for preserving the Union, though I should point out that Borglin never point out the fact that he also freed the slaves. Uh, and then Teddy Roosevelt. Okay, you're probably all asking, why the fuck is Teddy Roosevelt on Mount Rushmore? There's a, there's a lot of possibilities, none of which Borglin named. Those are the Panama Canal, which we stole. Uh, whoops. Turns out that was like a whole country. Uh, and he also um, helped establish national parks. Things like that. He was all for nature conservation. Mostly because he really just wanted to kill wild animals, but you know, take the good, the bad. But Borgla never notes any of that. The more realistic notion is Borgla and Teddy were actually just friends. <laughs> uh Teddy had been the one to show off his sweet ape head in the middle of Rotunda, like we talked about. That sweet, sweet ape head. Ew. Another reason was uh using explosives to blow the faces of dead white guys into native mountains. was actually incredibly expensive. So they had to do like fundraisers. Um, in fact, most of the time that uh, like the project of Mount Rushmore was actually spent just trying to raise money to do Mount Rushmore. The project spanned from 1927 to 1941. But in reality, construction only lasts about six of those years. They just needed money all the other times. <laughs> Because whenever Borglum would get started, they'd just run out of money. That money was probably the main reason Teddy got thrown onto the mountain rather than, like, dozens of other people that were more formative to the creation of what we now know as the United States. Like, li- literally any other of the founding fathers were Benjamin Franklin. He would be much more deserving. <laughs> Fucking anybody. Um, Teddy had only been out of office for about 17 years at that point. And he'd just recently died. So, like, There's a ton of people who were alive long enough to vote for Teddy Roosevelt and really, really like him. And then someone's like, what if we put Teddy Roosevelt's face on a mountain? Like, we'll give money to that. (laughs) I mean, think like 17 years ago. That'd be like, put like, put Bill Clinton on a mountain.
3: It's just, it's it's so completely different than how we are today. Because like, I don't give money to shit. Like.
0: Uh, we give money to pl- plenty of things. None of them involve blowing giant faces on them. No,
3: minds. like actual charities and shit like that. But like when right, they right, right. ask for like money for for just menial shit like that, like no, I'm good.
0: A lot of this us do like the mint uh making commemorative coins which people collect in your fucking weird Grandpa probably has a couple of them. It's an old person thing.
3: Yeah, my granddad was like a huge stamp and coin and like all that shit. Yeah, that's
0: collector. that's a, that's an old person thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how a lot of that money was made. But like, imagine someone saying that we need to put like Bill Clinton's face on a mountain or like Nah, bro. Like, no, man. I mean, granted, Bill Clinton was a shitty president, but I mean, like Teddy Roosevelt was, I guess. Uh, If you're comparing Bill Clinton, he was a good president, I guess. But, like, that's low fucking bar, guys. We're going to move on. So, if you're keeping track at home, that means a full 50% of the people we blew into the side of a mountain enshrined as the greatest man in American history own slaves. Not a good look. But don't get too cocky, because that number is 100%. That were racist as fuck. Good job, America. We literally stole land from someone to enshrine dead people on a mountain and we picked the worst fucking people in our history
3: to be fair the dude that fucking made the mountain was racist as yeah, shit he was also real real
0: bad yeah <laughs> like
3: i don't know what you were expecting
0: well it's probably just like before this did you know that george washington owned like a lot of slaves or no. thomas jefferson like most likely raped a lot of his slaves those are these are all things that we leave out of our history i
3: mean like it's not something, it's okay. So, it's not something that I had like forefront knowledge of, like, not something that I can recall from my memory, but it's also not something that shocks me because in those days, most people owned slaves. So, I would just most assume people did
0: not own slaves.
3: Okay. In those days, people owned slaves, so it's not surprising to me that somebody in history owned slaves. Like, it's just, it's just not. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying that. Obviously, I'm not okay with this. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't surprise me when you're like, "Oh, this historical figure owned slaves." I'm like, okay, then we probably shouldn't memorialize them the way that we did. They're fucking awful. Well, it's just
0: like they tell us stories to divert away from the next one. Yeah, it's like they tell us stories to divert away from all the slave talk too. Like George Washington had one teeth. His dentures are made out of fucking slaves' teeth. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Jesus Christ. He's He's a mouthful of goddamn re re fucking stolen slave teeth.
3: Yeah, and that's and that's what I would say. Like, we need to stop telling these fucking whitewash stories.
2: But
0: what about we the need, cherry tree, Rich? We
3: need to start telling real history. We need to start fucking teaching real history. Like the ugly, ugly, horrible, real fucking history. And like Okay, my grandma fucking posted some sh- bullshit. I couldn't even read the whole post. And I love my grandma, and she's she's actually been way more-
0: Oh, I think I know what the when you're talking about it.
3: <laughs> she's been way more progressive lately in her posts. She's about as I
0: progressive think... as you'd hope a 90-year-old woman would be.
3: Uh, like 80. Close enough. Five, probably. Um, I th- Tilted towards 90. <laughs> um. But I think that most of the reason why she's been so progressive lately is because she legitimately fucking hates Trump.
0: But that's that's kind of what happens whenever you see someone who starts becoming quote unquote progressive. Like my mom's in the same boat. Yeah, and she just sees Trump as like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask for your comment on it uh, because you're not allowed to. But like they see them as like the gene seed of evil rather than like a symptom to cancer. Yeah. Uh, and I know you're saying, yeah, uh actually just, Nate, just go ahead and edit that out. <laughs> Don't agree with me. Um But like, you, you know what I mean? Like orange mm-hmm. man bad. Everything else is still good. It's fine.
3: Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. They like Trump is the fucking problem in this country and everything else just needs to go back to the way it was. But like, no, it was never, it was never fucking the way that you think it was.
0: Right. And that's like, Make America great again. Well, when was it great? It was never great. For people that look like me and you, it was always great.
3: Yeah. N- maybe. But mm. it was it mm.
0: but it, it's like Atlas holding up the earth. Our greatness is held up by the oppression of dozens of fucking marginalized people. Right. You know, this bu- this country's built upon slavery. Our president lives in a fucking building built by slaves. Like the military which absorbs fast amounts of fucking tax money is used to oppress and marginalize others. We fucking kill people with robots. You know, people haven't had their money or haven't had their fucking salaries raised upon like a living level since our fucking parents were kids. But yeah, let's make America great again. When was it great? I'm fucking waiting. Like I'm, I'm waiting for someone to tell me, was it the 1950s when I couldn't share a wa- water fountain with a black comrade?
2: Right.
0: Or was it when like the 1960s when we're being drafted to kill Vietnamese people because reasons or (laughs) Or was it the fucking, fucking 80s
3: or the fucking 2000s 2010s 2020s where literally we're fucking mass incarcerating people of color and murdering them by the hands of the police in legal ways where nobody's getting fucking charged for it like this is when when is this country great and when has it been or
0: or was it the 1800s when we first established police that were solely Fucking made to chase down runaway slaves.
3: Yeah, like, like never.
0: You know, to quote Rage Against the Machine, "Those who burn crosses, motherfuckers." Like, <laughs> you know, there, there's the there's, the foundation is rotten. Like, if if America was a house, we'd be fucking condemned. Yeah, straight up. Like, there there there's not there's nothing to be great about.
3: And even if we're not <laughs> condemned, we're fucking falling down. <laughs> like the the foundation is not stable, and the fucking studs are crush are crushing to the ground. Like it's just. <laughs> It's happening.
0: Well, you, you would not be approved for a VA loan in the America House. <laughs> um, so, uh, they're, 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 yeah, those mountains just races, hell. Um, but Borglum wouldn't even be the one carving the mountain. Instead, he'd make a few mock-ups, which look much different than what ended up becoming Mount Rushmore. As an original design, each president was supposed to be shown from the waist up, not just their head. As well as being flanked by giant stone copies of the Louisiana Purchase, a gilded copy of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and a few other things. Like there's gonna be an outline of Alaska and like a couple other things that we've you know, we we stole. <laughs> At least we bought Alaska, but like Russia stole it from the natives. But there's also gonna be like a secret chamber within the mountains that they were going to house like the actual Declaration of Independence and Constitution in. But, like, it should be pointed out that was, like, more of, like, a Borglum fever dream. Like, the government never agreed to that. It's like, I'm going to make a secret chamber in the heads, and you're going to put all your fucking cool paperwork in the heads. And they're like, cool. Nah, bro. <laughs> just, just make the heads, homie. But funding was a bitch, and he had to scratch all those. So, Borglum, being an insufferable artist, didn't want to cut anything until he was finally threatened by Congress all the way in 1939 that, like, God damn it! Start stop making your secret head chamber and just finish the heads. And so he did. Also, since Borglum wasn't carving these things by hand, they did not turn out great. Have you ever seen Mount Rushmore like up close?
3: No, I've never been.
0: I've been there once. I was a kid. I don't remember it, but like I've seen pictures. It's not his best work. Um, instead of carving holes, or instead of carving and like chipping away with like jackhammers and chisels and things, they would drill holes into the mountain and then they'd put explosives in them. Now, this is kind of what he did with Stone Mountain on a much larger scale. Like, this is all he did in Mount Rushmore, which did work mm, 60% of the time, let's say. By doing this, a large team of workers rather than a single guy could work very fast. And that's why he got Mount Rushmore done very, very quickly in comparison to, like, the years it took him to make one head in Stone Mountain. But in doing so, they meant they occasionally fucked it up. Like, Jefferson was supposed to be on the right side of Washington, but someone messed up, put too much charge, like explosive charge, in a hole, and blew out a huge chunk of the mountain. Um, now, Borglum blamed it on the rock not being of sufficient quality, which is exactly what I would say if I accidentally cratered out a giant piece of mountain that the government was paying me to work on. Um, also, this meant finer details, like, let's say, ears. Couldn't be done. Not on the presence of ears. <laughs> None of them. They all have like hair or like their heads are just sunken into the rock. None of them ears. Also, Thomas Jefferson looks high as fuck. Washington looks like he's pensively biting his lip. Like you're nibbling on his neck or something. And Teddy Roosevelt is staring intently at the nose of Lincoln like he wants to fight it. It makes no sense. Now, Borglum finally dropped dead of an embolism in 1941. Rest in piss. Before he could finish the job. This left the job to his son, Lincoln Borglum. Um, now someone whom I can tell is actually the least amount of bastard in this entire story. He wasn't the KKK. I can't find any evidence that he was racist. He just finished daddy's job. So like, I guess Lincoln's the good guy here, I suppose. I don't know. Um, but Lincoln didn't do much other than finish what his dad left. Like he didn't attempt to finish any of the grander plans, like finishing from the, like the neck down or anything like that. Um, but it, it, he just, Kind of finish what his dad started and called it a day. But technically, if you visit Mount Rushmore today, it's still unfinished. The base of the mountain is intended to house those giant monuments. We talked about like Alaska, the Louisiana Park, all those things. Uh, Instead, they ran out of money. So they just kind of left it the way it is, which is littered with literally half a billion tons of rocks that had been blown away from the heads, which means it's literally surrounded by garbage. Um, But in 1941, the government decided it was good enough and declared it complete, which might just be the most American thing about all of this. (laughs) We won! It's
3: done! Mount Rushmore is complete! Literally good enough for government work.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So there it is, Mount Rushmore. A mountain we stole from the natives, hired a probable member of the KKK to blow holes in it in order to shape it to be slave owners and racists. Now let's talk a little bit about the Sioux. The Sioux won that Supreme Court case that we talked about, and they awarded about $100 million, which is not a small amount, um, I guess, from a government who admitted to doing ethnic cleansing against them, uh, but the Sioux refused to take it, uh, as had been placed... Uh, so since then, that, that amount of money has been placed in the account, where it's allowed to build up interest until they claim it. Today, it has around a $1 billion in it. The Sioux still refuse to take the money because... The principle of the matter, that's our fucking land. This is normally where I say and where I've said before that we should turn this monument into an artillery range and ether these giant stone heads into dust. But instead, I believe it should be given back to the Sioux and they should be allowed to do with it as they please and it is still their land. But I want to be completely clear. If you're the Lakota Sioux and you want to blow up these mountains and you need like a tank loader, I volunteer, <laughs> and that is Mount Rushmore. Um, like I said, like to be completely clear, like I don't think it's our place to dictate what happens to these mountains. I don't think it's our place to dictate what happened to these mountains when they were turned into Mount Rushmore. The Black Hills and all of America should still be in the hands of the native people, but. Nor to right this wrong and to fix this scarred mountainside adorned with the faces of goddamn racist and slave owners, I should be given back to Lakota. Like that—that's the only way to right the situation.
3: I agree. I think like and
0: we supplied them with an endless amount of c4. This is
3: this is what, like.
0: I mean, I need to be incredibly clear here when I point out. I do not see Mount Rushmore as, as a historical site. Oh no, it's not. It's a, a, it's it's a not monument. A historical site. Yeah, it's a monument. It's and a, a monuments it's a, are things to be memorial. deified.
3: Yeah,
0: and like that's that's why I say tear down every Confederate statue, tear down every slave owner statue, because there's a difference between a historical site and a monument, a monument is to be deified, a historical site is to be learned upon.
3: But like that's what I mean. Like even with the historical sites, like even with the Alamo, we don't need to burn down the Alamo. We need to teach the actual, like, correct, not whitewash history of the Alamo and maybe celebrate Mexican heritage alongside the Alamo and things like that. Like, we need to stop whitewashing everything and fucking teach actual history with our historical fucking monuments and historical sites and all of those things. And and. Fucking like, just teach people what actually happened so that, as my grandmother said on Facebook, history doesn't repeat itself because if you don't teach actual history, history will repeat itself. So, we need to teach all of the ugly sides of everything and fucking like let people know what really happened so that we don't keep fucking being the assholes here.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, the only way to write. I mean, colonization and imperialism is to admit that you're wrong and then allow the native people space to reclaim their agency. Yes. I mean, and that is going, I don't, I don't think that we have many people that listen to the show that probably disagree with us on this, but like, if you're out there, you're wrong and you need to abandon the fucking flawed concepts of nationalism that make you proud to do things that do nothing but oppress others and take credit for shit from your dead grandparents. Shut the fuck up. Done, man. The sun, the sun has set on your shitty empire. So, Rich, we do thing on the show. We do, we do thing. We do we, a thing.
3: We do thing.
0: On this show called Questions from the Legion. Now, if you would like to ask a question from the Legion, you can donate a dollar to the Patreon and you can ask us to in Discord, DMs, emails, or otherwise. So, I will start off this by saying uh, we did have someone uh, of, of native descent say the desecration of the six grandfathers is a sore spot. The Black Hills is still ours. We never ceded it in any treaty. I hope the fact gets conveyed. Mount Rushmore is vandalism and theft. I completely agree. But our question from today is, what is the most anti-racist thing that ever happened while you were enlisted? Nothing. I literally can't think of a single goddamn thing.
3: Um, God, the most anti-racist thing. So we literally, um, because of recent events, because of protests, because of, everything that's going on right now my unit recently had a uh they call it a safety stand down um in the army where they basically just make everybody that's in the unit come in and uh, they usually have like it's called 350-1 training but some type of training for the day and and make everybody just come in and talk about things um my unit is really really small Um, So we fit in a small auditorium and our version of this for this quote unquote safety stand down was for everybody to come in and to the intent was to give um, the people of color in our unit a platform to stand up and say um, ways that they have been discriminated against since they've been in the military, um, either within our ranks or or on the civilian side, just ways that they have been discriminated against.
0: But um, oh, oh, wait, I thought there was no race in the army; everybody <laughs> was green.
3: That's not true. Um, <gasps> they they could talk about experiences that they had. They could talk about the the thing was um, like I said, we're in a in a small unit. We're in this tiny auditorium um our sergeant major is a chinese man who has a very thick accent and his presentation of everything was you know i want to make you feel comfortable i want you to talk about this i want you to like i don't know whatever whatever his intent was
0: the i'm going to guess from the tone of your voice it did not end that way
3: it it <laughs> it didn't go well because people in the army just don't trust they just don't trust things like that. They don't like nobody that's been in the army for a minute or two trust that you're saying to me that I can speak my mind without repercussions. And that's actually what's going to happen. And there were some people who stood up and told some really powerful stories about their experiences in the army, about being discriminated against, about things that happened just within the last year or two, um, which
0: is, I know you've told me some disgusting stories.
3: Yeah, incredibly disheartening, incredibly sad and terrible. Um, And then there are some people who stood up and said, I don't think that this is going to change anything. I don't think this is going to fix anything. And I don't feel like you deserve to hear my experiences, which is also absolutely one sad but also absolutely they're you know it it may be absolutely
0: the right to say that,
3: yeah and it may be even more powerful than actually telling their story the fact that they they feel that we don't even deserve to hear it
2: Um,
3: and then and then uh, we work with a few civilians we had an old fucking white Karen stand up And do a whataboutism, <laughs> uh.
2: <laughs>
3: where um after all of these soldiers and people of color stood up and shared their experiences with discrimination in the army, she stood up and said, but what about me and my, you know, disabled mother or something like it just oh, it just was exactly how you would expect a a moment like that to be in the army. Um and and I think that the intention was there and it was good and but I think that on our level like as small as it was it just it was never going to go anywhere and all of the people who stood up and said like this is it's not worth me sharing my experiences and you guys hearing my experiences because it's not going to change anything. I think that they were right and I think that I don't know. It just it needs to be so much bigger than this. I think that it's good that we're opening the platform for these conversations and that we're cognizant of these conversations and that it exists, but it just it needs to be so much bigger.
0: If I, I don't want to speak for anybody in the military, but I would have no complaints, and nobody should have any complaints against anybody not willing to share their story with an organization that still has bases named after Confederate generals and and stuff like that. Like, you clearly don't care about me because you have shrines to people who literally enslaved my ancestors. Like, no, man, it doesn't fucking work, though.
3: And I still don't understand. Like, I will never understand how Confederate fucking, excuse me, leaders have any sort of fucking, like, clout in this country like they were traitors they were literally going against this country how is how are their bases named after them and fucking statues and memorials and all of those things
0: and that's why like it blows my mind that we have a military that's so reactionary but historically has not been people especially in the military I know we're going off on a tangent here but I really don't care Um historically I mean especially now looking any of anybody we know, even that is like the military isn't your testing ground for your social programs, but it fucking is. It always has been. Always, the military was the fucking first place in the United States that allowed black people and white people to serve side by side, making the same amount of money. It was this. It was the first place that allowed black and white people to be hypothetically equal. It, I mean, it was. It, it's always been that way.
3: And even even today, there are many, many soldiers that I've met that um, come from very small towns that say that when they join the military, it's the first time that they ever saw a person of color because the town that they grew up in just didn't have any people of color. It was sure. all white people. Yeah. And it is something that even though sometimes it's misguided and sometimes it doesn't quite work the way that it's supposed to does do a lot to get rid of, like it does do a lot to say that, yes, there's no race in the military. We're all fucking green or we all blue green and yeah. Gag me. Whatever doesn't work. But It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't but i have seen so many people that come from small towns and come from that small-minded ideology um come into the military and and serve with people that they never expected to be around and never expected to like or or sure. respect as human beings and and actually and and do it and it it is that to an extent and i know that it fails in a lot of ways but it does try to be that
0: I'm I'm caught in the juxtaposition between an organization that attempts to be the great equalizer in our incredibly diverse nation, while also championing people who own them as slaves.
3: Yeah, I, no, I completely agree. And, and
0: until that's fixed, yeah, I I don't see that connection. And, and, and until that's fixed, and until every memorial that memorializes and deifies people who fought a slaver's rebellion. And kidnapped free Americans and threw them into slavery. I I will never uh uh disagree with the people in your unit that said, Y'all motherfuckers don't want to listen to me. Why the fuck should I talk?
3: Yeah. No oh and I I didn't disagree with that. Absolutely not. Like yeah. if you if you feel like you can't trust to tell your story, then there's obviously a reason for that. And yeah, you know that that's something that needs to be addressed and changed.
0: And that's that's something that like you're looking at.
3: And you shouldn't even have a fucking story to tell. Like in our fucking army, you should not have a fucking story of discrimination until you are serving alongside your fucking fellow Americans. You are giving the same, you're writing the same check for your fucking life or whatever motivational shit the fucking recruiter feeds to you. Jesus Christ! You
0: sweet, sweet summer child.
3: <laughs> no, I mean I know that that's I know that that's not <laughs> that's
0: some pie in the sky shit. And I know
3: it, it's, it's just like, it's such a fucking disappointment.
0: To uh, no, to harken back a couple episodes, uh, I interviewed Dr. Bakalian and we talked about uh, a show that you've never watched called Rurouni Kenshin, But they said you know I like it better when uh, like someone's talking about learning how to use a sword, and uh, someone says you know, the swords to protect people, blah, 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 blah. And someone's like, no, no, the no, swords to kill people, but I like her way better. <laughs> we constantly talk about how racism and imperialism is the foundation of America on this show, but I like your way better. <laughs> um, you know, it's it, it's rough, and especially because, like, it's the bittersweet moment of, like, people that have given a, a long chunk of their life to the military. It's like, why don't you care? Like, how many black people have died serving in this country? Uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, I don't know. A lot. Even back when they weren't allowed to share the same drinking fountain, so even they weren't allowed to fucking vote. They weren't allowed to be citizens. They they still signed up. And in, in, in the Civil War, they they volunteered, and they got paid half the fucking money. And people thought they were subhuman, but they still lined up and died for the Union. But we can't tear down the fucking statues of the people who think they're subhuman on them as Slaves. Yeah, it's it's disgusting. It's an indictment of everything this country stands for. A- a- until we fucking nut up. And realize that our history is disgusting. We're never gonna cure that. That that bridge is never going to be mended. It's it's impossible. Like it, it would be like me and a Turkish person talking. Like yeah, we want to be friends, but like also like the genocide never happened. It doesn't fucking work that way.
3: I literally think that that's lit- That's the only way that this country is gonna change is we have to actually teach, like, start teaching fucking history, like real history. What actually fucking happened? And we're not going to be is, able to teach
0: history until we start teaching fucking empathy.
3: Well, but the thing is, like, that's what's happening with the next generation, and it's not that we're teaching history. It's not that we're teaching the real shit. It's that the next generation has, for their entire lives, had everything—the entire history of the world, actual history of the world—at their fingertips. And so, even if they didn't learn it in in their high schools or whatever they know what actually happened. They can look it up on the fucking internet on their smartphones. I and wish so, you were right. <laughs> what do you mean you wish? I, like, I've like. i seen so many cases of, of the next generation that actually keep themselves informed of what happened and what's going on. And, and they're so much more progressive than the past generations.
0: True, um, for the most part. But not everybody has access to those tools. And a lot of people are still... Dependent as they, I mean, I'm not saying this is bad. I mean, I'm saying this is a, uh, a socioeconomic, socio political thing. Is a lot of people depend on their education. They're only going to take a history education until they, need it, until they need it, and then they're done. And that's going to be senior year of high school. In those years, they're going to learn things that are incredibly institutionally and oppressively wrong which include what you learned in Texas history. That's what include what other people are going to learn about the history of Mount Rushmore. So other people are going to learn about the history of George Washington and the French Indian war and whatever the, the, the very arteries of the establishment of this country. And once you get those wrong, there, it, it's just a lasagna of bullshit uh, and wrong information that's stacked on top of it that they're going to get for years and years and years until they finally get f- confronted by it by some shitty goddamn podcast on Twitter in 2020, when they get found out that Robert E. Lee actually did own slaves and he tortured them and he f- and he didn't want to get rid of them, and then they're like, "They're lying! It's liberal bullshit!" And that's where we find ourselves because 2020 isn't new. We were both we were both raised with the internet. Like I've like I've pointed out before, nothing I do on this show, none of the research here, with the exception of a few in-depth series that we did required spending any money to get any of these resources. They're freely available and when people are confronted by them, they refuse to believe them. That's because people are no longer taught history. They're taught deification of some of the worst fucking bastards in American history.
3: I completely agree with what... People are being taught, and I completely agree that that's wrong and, and as I've said five times already during this episode, I think that we need to seriously revise the education and make sure people are being taught what actually happened and what's real, even no matter how fucking dirty and gross and disgusting we look afterwards. Yeah. but I disagree with you in that I just I have so much more hope because.
0: Well, and that's where I know we that I'm well, deeply black pilled. Well, yeah, you you are a <laughs> pessimist at heart.
3: I I just I look at what I know and what I've seen, and I know that I'm just one person in a great big world and a great big country. But what I know and what I've seen is that my older generation that I see they're the ones that are resistant to change, resistant to you oh, know for sure,
0: yeah, you
3: learning something that they terminal boomer brain. Right, they do. They they don't want to know the dirty history. They don't want to know the dirty truth and the uncomfortable because this all is so fucking uncomfortable and you do you have to get uncomfortable with your own history to accept that you know you there have some been some egregious acts and everything. But what I've seen with the next generation is they want to know. They want to learn. They want to see all of the things and they and they have it all at their fingertips and they want to look it up. And I know that in probably some of the like more conservative and southern rural areas they're, you know, probably not as eager, but just what I've seen is is my younger generation and the next generation, pretty much anybody younger than us, they are learning and they're 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 wanting for something better.
0: I deeply hope you're right um that that's something i guess that's that's how we can end our show today is on rich's heartfelt message of hope (laughs) which is nothing that we've ever had before um rich thanks for joining me everybody thanks for listening um and until next time kids kill your heroes they're all bad (laughs) um history is full just
3: learn about your heroes
0: history is full of bastards tear down your nearest monument and we'll see you next week